Divorce is something that affects all of us. Fortunately, the divorce rate is less than it was a decade ago, and currently for 2022 is around 44% in the U.S. That still means that we all know someone affected by divorce. Today, we have a great conversation with someone who specializes in working with women after they've gone through divorce. Our conversation is a very insightful one, looking at how purpose and identity can be wrapped up in such big life changes as divorce. I think there's a lot of good nuggets in there for anyone who tunes in. Welcome to The Grit Show, growth on purpose. I'm your host, Shauna Rodriguez, and I'm honored to be leading us on today's journey as part of this community growing together as seekers and thrivers. I hope you stick around till the end. I'll be sharing with you about some exciting opportunities to win prizes and get more connected to us. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm excited for our guest. She is a dynamic powerhouse. Stacey McCoy is a compassionate divorce and co-parenting life coach with more than 25 years of professional family support experience. She has served as a director of child and family services in her local community action partnership, which is how she and I met. I have lived in seven states, including New Hampshire. She has supported parent journeys towards self-sufficiency, as well as spending time in D.C. advocating for families and employees, among many other leadership roles supporting children, families, mental health, and nonprofits. Following some soul-searching after a health scare, Stacey left the nonprofit world and is doing what she loves most, helping women to heal and fall back in love with their life after divorce without messing up the kids. Welcome, Stacey. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm very excited because we've talked a little bit about how through some of your experiences, you've actually kind of found your purpose and what you're able to do as your full-time gig currently. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned in the introduction, we met via our experiences in the child and family services realm, which is something I did right out of college. I just jumped right into it quite by accident. I took a very part-time substitute teaching job at a local childcare center thinking that I was going to be a writer. I was going to be a journalist, but I'm just going to pop in here. Loved kids, thought, you know, this would be a great way to make some money. I was young and I had roommates and it was like this sheep hook that just brought me in and I have never really left childhood family services since in some way, shape or form or helping folks out. I didn't really know how passionate I was about working with children and families, especially in the nonprofit world where you get to work with some of the most marginalized families. It brought me such joy and definitely fueled me and gave me a sense of purpose. One of the things that divorce did was really underscore (laughs) how challenging some of the wonderful advice, tried and true advice that I was giving to so many of these women and families, you know, how darn difficult it was (laughs) to actually implement this stuff. So divorce for me it really honed in on my purpose. Prior to my divorce, I was a wife. I was what I considered to be a really awesome wife. And I was a great mom and caregiver. And also in doing this work, I really had honed my skills and I thought I was a really great colleague. And so much of my 
identity and my purpose was tied up in those things. Mm-hmm. And then to experience quite suddenly you know, a change in my marital status and realize that like, this is not fixable. We did try, but there was no way that we were going to be able to put old Humpty Dumpty back together. <laughs> and so this really left me feeling super, super naked and exposed. And I remember the day that it really all came crashing down. I put my kids down for their nap. And uh, at the time I was taking care of one of my dear friend's son that she had adopted from Kazakhstan. And on the outside, people were looking in. They would think I'm doing a great job. Look, you know, look at her. She's <laughs> got it all together. Got it Keep all on together. She's still, still, yep. she's still, yeah, exactly. You know, from the outside, it looked great, but uh, that was Photoshop, my friend. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, yes. It, it looked a certain way. And I remember putting the kids down and going out to my garden, which is a bit of my, my, therapy and sitting in between my raised beds, which were overgrowing with summer squash and zucchini. And those leaves are so prickly and they can be mm-hmm. painful when you're in there kind of pulling the weeds. And I just remember the pain, the physical pain, but then the emotional pain that kind of came with it, with realizing that, you know, I, you know, I may not be planting in these gardens next year. I don't know if I'm going to be in this house and I certainly know I'm not going to be in this marriage. And, mm-hmm. you know, am I providing the best care for my kids right now when I am so emotionally distraught? Naked is the word that I like to use to describe it. It's, it's suddenly you're not these things. So who the hell are you? <laughs> who yes. the hell are you? And that's when it set me forth on the journey of of really finding and being more secure in, in my purpose. And that while all of those things made me feel good to be a good wife, to be a good mom, to be a good colleague, to be a good caregiver to these kids, all of these things were fantastic. In that moment, I realized, damn, these things are very impermanent. And now I feel like shit. And what am I going, what am I going to do? What does this mean? Who who am I? And that's, I think, when I just set out on this journey and realize that like, purpose is becoming more of ourselves and, and who we truly are. It really is a returning home and finding ways to feel good about our life during these difficult times. When these other things go away, when these other things change and life morphs, how are we going to are we going to move forward and feel good and excited about our life and the things that we're doing and feel like we're living a meaningful life? So, oh, definitely. I think that's something that a lot of people can identify with. We've all had those moments where something shifted, whether it was the job we thought wasn't going to change, like with the pandemic, like mm. all these different things that happen so quickly to shift in your life and that can kind of make you question what is happening and who you are and where those things fit in. So, you have to take it to a different level. You're not defined by your relationships. You're not defined by your job. You're not defined by where you live, that there needs to be something deeper that defines you. And often the characteristics of those things help to define that. So what characteristics did you find from those other parts of your life that have helped you kind of lead into the purpose that you're finding now in in your work and in your world? One of the things I became really aware of is in being all of those things and being the great colleague and being the great wife and the mom is how much 
realized I was a bit of a contortionist, that I was molding myself at that time to be those good things, to be what I thought other, again, it was all external, what other people, yeah, what they needed as individuals, but also what society was constantly barking at me in order to be a good woman. This was the messaging that we Mm -hmm. all get. It's not just me, right? But again, divorce shook me to the core and it made me realize like how many important conversations I was afraid to have with other people and with myself that really forced me to stray away from my values and in my purpose, in my goal to to be all of these good things, which felt good in the moment. It's like a quick hit, right? Like it's, it's yes. I'm doing these things well. It's like, whoop, I get it. You know, you get that dopamine, you get that quick hit, but it's fleeting. It's just not sustainable. And so divorce, I think, really did get me thinking about, man, why didn't I have this conversation? All of the places I did not speak up or hold really important boundaries. And so as I started to ponder those things and get curious with myself, so much of my journey also to finding my purpose was reparenting and reassuring these parts of myself that I essentially realized I had abandoned, that all of this external you know, the smoke and mirrors of trying to be the good woman, wife, parent, colleague. In a lot of ways, I had betrayed myself. I really had. And man, that was one of the most bitter pills to to swallow is knowing and seeing and recognizing my own part in a lot of this mess. Yes, that's so hard to see because you you're so busy doing it for everyone else that you're not realizing that you're playing into it as well. Yeah. So you see individual clients and women who have kind of been through these experiences, a lot of what you do. Do you find it's hard for that reflective piece to be part of the work or do you think that comes easily to people? I think it's difficult at first because I think in the midst of the initial pain, what a lot of women will do is they will reach out with their individual problem. And it might be, so now I'm divorcing and I'm having a difficult time co-parenting. I can't communicate or it's problem solving or conflict resolution. So they come with very specific problems that they believe once they're resolved, will take care of the whole kit and caboodle, so to speak. And one of the things that I just enjoy the most is asking certain questions that get women to think a little bit deeper about where they're at and why they're in the place that they are. So I am happy to and can draw up that kick-ass parenting, (laughs) co-parenting plan. And they are important. They do. They give us a framework. So that's fantastic. Those things are great. But if we don't have the self-confidence, and again, I think this is where this comes back to values and purpose. If we are in the smoke and mirrors place where we're doing all, like, I'm going to have the perfect parenting plan and we're going to split our time 50% of the time. And we're going to use this particular software to communicate with. Life is messy. And, and what's going to happen when the first person, and it might even be you, when you need to be flexible, when you need to change something from that decree and suddenly there is a conflict and we're not really good with conflict management. So it's that deeper dive that I really love to do with clients so they feel more prepared with understanding like what what are the healthy boundaries to have and why again if this is going to help you it's going to definitely help your kiddos and 
it's actually going to help your former, <laughs> former partner. And it's going to yeah. set a really great example for your kids. So part of my job, I think, with working with women is to get them to be more self-reflective. And that's where all those nuggets are. That was me in the garden. That was me sitting in the garden and really thinking about, okay, wow, um, you know, I, I'm not these things. So what? So what am I now? Yeah, figuring that out. And that's what the great thing is it. So Stacy definitely specializes in working with mothers who are going through divorce and and helping with that. What are our taglines is without messing up the kids. Because a lot of women have anxiety about how the divorce is affecting the kids. You're still an amazing mom. You're still the same mom you were, but everything changes. And so you have to find the new ways of what that means and who you are and how that applies. So that is something you get to work with folks on when they're figuring that out. So can you talk about some of your challenges with the parenting piece after your divorce? Because your kids were young when you were divorced, correct? Yeah, they were toddlers. So they were two and a half and three and a half years old. So they were incredibly young. And and they're not anymore. <laughs> and here we are. And this is the great thing that I have this incredible proof right now that this stuff works. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I have the anecdotal evidence to go with the education, right? Which is so beautiful. I've really had to take my own medicine, so to speak. So what yes. I prescribe to others, and I do think that we get closer to our purpose when we are aware of that piece. So many of the people that do the kind of work we do, the healing work and service work, we do because it allows us to take our own medicine. And we feel really good that we're able to help people out, but it's a, just a great reminder and affirmation. But back to your original question, some of the things that I struggled with, one of the things that I think a lot of people can relate to was my former husband was in a relationship before I was. So he was in this relationship with a woman who happened to be younger than me. And here I am at this time, right? Feeling pretty lousy about myself, not feeling great, super tired, run down and very emotional. And the lens that I was looking at saw her as younger, more attractive, uh, <laughs> and and somebody that not only is going to fit into a role that I once was in, you know, romantically in the situation, but one of the things I really feared was what was the interactions and what would her role be like with my kids? And yeah. that was incredibly frightening and anxiety provoking for me. I remember, and you can relate to this, being in the nonprofit world, when I got back into the workforce and, and going back to doing what I loved to do, financially speaking, it you know, it didn't quite cover, it didn't quite yeah. cover the nut. And this other woman who was very successful in her career had these financial means that I didn't. So she could do a lot of really fun, exciting things with my kids. And these would be the little things that would wake me up at night, right? Like, oh my gosh, you know, my, my daughter's having her first manicure <laughs> with this woman. And gosh, what's that going to be like? I can't provide that. So it kicked up a lot of back in me. But then I thought, you know, is this going to make her more appealing? Is this going to pull my daughter away from me or change our relationship? And so it was just a super scary experience. And many of my clients feel the same way, that they are concerned about the differences in households and 
It may be the financial means. It might be how they approach discipline, all of these things. And the deeper dive, and again, using my own experience and coming out the other side, I just realize that oftentimes these fears are so unfounded and they are not the things we are meant to be focusing on. Mm -hmm. And that whether or not I could bring my daughter for a manicure is neither here nor there. If I could focus and show up on being fully present when my kids were with me and also when they were away and yes, having these different or wonderful experiences that I prioritize taking care of myself and my own wellness so that when the kiddos came back, I was in a good emotional state of mind to be able to show up and be their mom, be fully engaged, put down the hammer if I needed to discipline as well too. Mm -hmm. And all of those things, I had more energy to do that. And it was through trial and error, but these are the tools that I love to share with women and to be able to reassure them that, that those things that we inevitably worry about or that might wake us up at night are liars. But the parts of us, those insecure parts of us, and we can do this on a shoestring budget we can do this with a million dollars. It's really not about those external things. Again, it's about how are we going to show up with intention to be the parent that we want to be. You know, I'd be so curious. I wish my kids were here right now so I could drag them in here. We could, you know, <laughs> we, we could, we could pick their brain. But. The bigger picture is what really matters. And so in that instant, that felt like the biggest thing. But in the bigger picture, now at this age and point in time, like who you are in their life, like that's such a minuscule moment. But when yeah. you focus on that, it multiplies. And so for the for the women going through this, for anyone in any relationship, I'm sure there's plenty of dads who have the same anxiety when they're going through this as well. That if you're focusing on that and you're putting the energy there, you're going to make it worse. It is going to become a bigger deal. So that's why absolutely. the work with you is yeah. so important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think understanding and keeping everything child focused, which really is my rule of thumb. When things felt crunchy, when they felt lousy, taking a step back to be able to say like, what is in the best interest of my children right now? And not how I'm feeling emotionally or if I'm feeling a little bit insecure. And even if something was brought in, you know, it's recognizing, okay, that that's my emotional reaction or my takeaway. However, let's take a breath and refocus on what is best for the children and then being able to set up boundaries and expectations for everyone else. And that just creates such safety for the kids. I've got a great story about a particular birthday, one of the first birthday parties that we were going to have for our son post-divorce when I was in my new place. And I remember thinking like, how do we want this to go? And both my former husband and I decided we want to do this one party and we're going to invite everybody. We would love for everybody to be able to come. But that also included his girlfriend. And I knew that this was going to be really hard for people. I knew that this was going to be a bitter pill to swallow for, for both sides of the family and some of the in-laws and some of the friends who were really impacted by yes. the change in our dynamics. And so to, to be able to say to folks, hey, listen, I know it might be weird for you. This might be hard. And you might not even be ready for that. And that is okay. But this is really what we want to do for the kids. We want to have this really great party. We're going to have the food and we're going to be here. And everyone is invited. And if you feel like you can't hold it together, you're not ready for this. That is okay. It's okay. But also, please don't come. (laughs) Please, you know, but also 
Recognize where you're at, yes. Yeah, it's a bit of trial and error, you know. I think it gave folks an out and it respected their own healing journey for where they were at in the process of being part of our family and our external world. So it just allowed me to be supportive in a way to say, I respect where you're at, but this is where we are at. This is so important. Well, that was huge. I think the big part of that was you accepting that not everyone is capable of being where you guys are. Like, obviously, you've definitely worked through your things. You had yourself as your own coach. And so people don't have someone, you know, or they're not in a place to be able to do that. They might need to have the separate parties. But I just love the fact that with your family, you were able to do that. Because I think a lot of people might say, don't come. But then when they don't come, they're really pissed that they didn't come. (laughs) So being able to recognize that different people are different places. And so it's okay. And it might be that like, if I was the one that got the divorce, that my ex-partner might not be able to come because they aren't in the place to accept that I've moved on and they haven't moved on. And that has to be okay as well. And to be able to have those boundaries that you can't change where the other person's at and where they're at in their journey, whether it's your mom, your best friend, your ex-partner, et cetera, that's where they are. And it might even be your kids. If your kids aren't in a place that they can accept the new partner or that they can accept having both parents there. Different people are in different journeys and you need to accept that. And and it's great to have a coach or a therapist or someone on that journey when possible, which is why Stacy is such a gift to those people that she works with to kind of have someone who's been through it and can really help them. So when you work with people, do you typically work with them just like one time or is it a long-term relationship or how do you typically work with your clients? I do think that this kind of work is, it's, it's long-term. When I think of my recovery, I was so stubborn. I wanted to do it all on my own back then. And (laughs) it's possible to do it that way. But what I recognized is by opening up, it did two things. First of all, it allowed other people to help and be of service, which again, lights me up, right? This is how I like to show up in the world. So it gave me a chance to let other people who loved our family and who loved and cared for me to be able to show up in in meaningful ways. When, again, when your friend is going through a traumatic, it's like, how do we show up? I don't know how to show up. And me being the military girl, I want to be just super bootstrappy, right? It's like, I'm going to do this all on my own. But what I started to realize is that we we do so much more healing. The healing is deeper and it is faster when we do it in community at least with one other person. And so for me, building relationships with women that are going through this process is what I prefer to do. Clients that I really seek and that I am meant to work with, they're curious at this point in time. They've kind of tried a lot of stuff themselves and then they Mm -hmm. recognize this is going to be a slog. This is going to be a long haul. And so clients come to me And we roll up our sleeves and we do the deeper dive. My one-on-one clients typically work with me from six to eight weeks, but it also depends. Some clients will work with me hourly for a couple of days a week and then others it's weekly. So I really try and look at what, what the client needs, what they feel they need, do my assessment, and then we build out a plan. So there's an hourly rate, but there's also a package that folks can can hit me out for that I can design that's going to meet all of their needs within 
a healthy and realistic timeline. I want I want their transformation to be sustainable. This isn't a one-off. This isn't, hey, you get a workshop, you have a worksheet, and, <laughs> yes. and get, this really is about that deeper dive and creating sustainable change and meaningful change so that when the next life issue happens, mm-hmm. because it will, that you feel <laughs> confident. So when these other hiccups in life transitions happen, that they feel prepared and can approach it in a sustainable, meaningful way, in a purposeful way. And it's really is such a gift to give yourself to have somebody that doesn't know your ex-partner, that doesn't know your family, that is a neutral slate that you can work with to figure out where you're coming from, what you need that can help you peel away where you are and things without all the other voices. Such a gift, such a gift to give yourself. And Stacey's amazing because she's actually agreed that for all the listeners, and if you aren't in a position where you need the support, your friends can definitely use this as well. She offers free initial conversations so you can connect with her and see if you guys connect on her website, which is her name, stacymccoy.com. And she'll spell that for you in a minute. But she's going to give us 20% off her package deal. So if you do the one-on-one with her, you'll get 20% off with Grit, G-R-I-T as you listen to The Grit Show. So you'll get that 20% off if you do that. So definitely take your time to connect with her if this resonates with you or if you have a friend because we all need our hive to find somebody that can support us during these times kind of outside the picture. So as we're getting closer to winding up, Stacey, we'd love to have a thought for our larger audience of something that they can do to kind of reflect. I think a critical component and, and one of the first things that I do with women is to really dive into their self-care practices and how they are taking care of themselves during any challenging time, but especially during divorce. And especially if you are a co-parent, I think a lot of women feel it is a selfish thing to do, that they struggle with prioritizing their self-care and not understanding is one of the most generous things that you can do, not just for yourself, but for your loved ones, because you are going to be in a place where you are able to be much more responsive and less reactive. And taking a few moments with clients to be able to say, what brings you peace and relaxation and maybe a little bit of joy? And even if you feel like there's no time in the day, there's 10 minutes in a day that you can take a walk. There are 10 minutes in a day that you could pop on a meditation tape or do one of my favorite things. I'm such a huge music fan. Get in your car and take a 10 minute drive. Yes, I know gas prices are a little a little hard. Right so five minute drive. Yeah, 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 right. I love a sing along and my kids in the car. Yes, they will be embarrassed and I will be singing. I will take that 10 minute commute and be singing my favorite anthem. So I think my advice to folks is to really think about self-care practices and not that it has to be done any certain way or for a certain amount of time or every single day. But find a delicious snack, a little self-care snack, and really try and give yourself some grace and some extra TLC during this time. We're going to make mistakes. It's tough. We're not going to be perfect. But start with a little TLC for yourself. That's great. So for anyone going through transitions or dealing with some challenging things, especially if you happen to be going through a divorce, which is a very big transition, 
that a good thing to do is to sit down and figure out even what your self-care things are. So what those mm. things are, you said things that bring you joy in that moment of peace and whatever else that kind of... Yeah, recharge your batteries. Recharge. I think it's going to change and be different because what may just be, I just need a, a nap. So it is, it's checking in with yourself and and allowing yourself to do those things without guilt and understanding that it's an investment in your wellness and your self-care and you will be a far better and i promise you this a far better parent co-parent friend colleague <laughs> all the things all the things um, yes. all the things when you give yourself permission to take care of yourself find out what those things are and then if they're five minutes of yoga quick drive singing an anthem at the top of your lungs stretching, quick walk, whatever they might be, to have them on hand. And even if you only have five minutes to fit them in, because you being your best self, not only for yourself, but for everyone around you, you need to make time for that. So Absolutely. find little ways to fit them in and self-care snacks. I love that. <laughs> Stacey gave that to us. So take time to take your little self-care snacks, just as important as eating and drinking. <laughs> as, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. That fits right in because we do talk about self-care in each of our episodes and you gave us some excellent examples and as part of you being on our show we actually have the color of grit which is our line of coloring books we do which is another way to have self-care that people can add into their lives but we like to give each of our guests a free coloring book so that you have another option stacy to add to your collection of self-care fantastic Fantastic. <laughs> so you get to choose between Vintage Mermaid and Magnificent Ocean, or you've got this, finding inspirational quotes. Which one would you like for us to send you? Gosh, I, I'm going to do Mermaids and Ocean. I like the sound of that. I'm, a, I'm an ocean girl. Water, water for me. So let's go with that. And I just love that it's already done. You know what? I Sometimes I need to stay within the lines a little bit. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just appreciate having those boundaries set for me. So I look forward to coloring away. I've got a great set of new pencils. Uh, ooh, that's it. So. Yes. Yeah. That's the benefit of coloring. That goes way back to when I was in high school. That's kind of the funny joke. I actually had somebody very talented that I was very close to. And so drawing was intimidating. Coloring was not intimidating. And so that's, oh, wait, that's before coloring was cool. Before there was adult coloring books, way back in my day, I would actually color in um Disney coloring book. <laughs> and yes. precious moments. Yes. Yes. That it. was my thing. So I would photocopy them because the kid coloring book paper was not cool enough for me. So I would, I've colored before it was cool. And the meditative quality of doing that is definitely. That would, that would be, a, it's going to be a great extra self-care snack. I, I love it. Go. I love it. Add it to your collection. <laughs> Walking away with some great ideas about how to apply self-care to our lives. And so tell us more about exactly how we can find you, Stacey. I'm going to make this super easy. The best way to find me and all the places I hang out is hitting up my website, which is www.stacymccoy.com. And that's S-T-A-C-I-E-M-C-C-O-Y. And if you head over there, you can do all of the things. You can check out all of my, my social media links are there because I love to hang out on Instagram and Facebook and give people little nuggets of wisdom and support there. So you can catch my reels and some of my 
little thoughts and little pithy rants that I have there. But the other thing you can do on my website too is you can learn a little bit more about me and my background and you can set up a free epiphany call. I just want to be able to have a conversation and see if we are a good fit. So I've got a scheduler right there that folks can log on, look at the times that I'm available and you can send me an email. It's nothing lines up, but that's the best place to find me and all of the things that I am up to. Yes. And follow her on Instagram. She has really great quotes, inspirational things. I definitely enjoy following her on Instagram. So that's a great place to catch her and follow her. We will have notes from the show today. We'll also have the link to her website if that's a little easier for you. Follow us on Instagram so we can keep in touch. If you're interested in getting your copy of one of our coloring books, just Google The Color of Grit or look it up on Amazon. We will also have downloadable pages available. You can find more about that on our website, www.thegritshow.com. That's also where you sign up for our mailing list and can learn more about our giveaway as it comes live. This month, we will be giving away 10 coloring books and a $50 gift card. Where that is too, our winner will have some say in. I'm voting for a spa, but I'm willing to go with Amazon if that's really what they want. So... Go ahead and get on over there, get on the mailing list so you can keep up to date with that giveaway and follow us on Instagram at the.grit.show. Another good place to learn more about these opportunities. Thank you for being here today, Stacey. Thank you for all of you for joining us. Thanks, Shona. I'm so glad you came today. It's been great spending time with you. Look forward to connecting with you again on Thursday. Until then, do something just for you self-care is most important. After all, you're the only one of you that this world has got, and that means something. Mm-hmm.